Life is full of choices. What to wear, what to eat, what to do, where to go. Actually, we don't have many options there for where to go anymore, but you understand we have hundreds of choices to make every day, even while we're sheltered at home. Sometimes we choose wisely, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're happy with the results, sometimes we regret our decisions. Sometimes we're like the little boy whose older brother talked to him to let him crack a couple of eggs on his head. Two of them were getting ready to decorate some Easter eggs, and so they were getting ready to boil them and everything, and the older brother had an idea. And he said to his little brother, he says, you know what, if you let me break three eggs on your head, I'll give you five dollars. Well, the younger one's eyes grew wide, and prospect of getting five bucks sounded pretty good, so he said, really, five dollars? He said, sure. He says, you promise? Promise. Well, okay then, that sounds cool. So the younger brother closed his eyes and kind of put his hands on either side of his head and the elder brother cracked the egg on his head and of course everything started coming down over his face. And he says, well, that's one. He says, here's number two. And broke that second egg and it's coming down over his head. He says, man, this, this is really cool. And the little boy's not enjoying it, but he's got a little smile on his face. Finally, the little boy's waiting. Ten seconds go by. He says, well, what about the third egg? Why aren't you cracking the third egg over my head? And he says, are you kidding? That would cost me five bucks. <laughs> How wise are the choices that you make in life? Some of mine have been pretty foolish. But one choice stands out as the smartest choice I've ever made in my life. It was a choice I made one day to follow God. And I've never regretted that decision one bit. This morning, as we go into the Word together, we want to think about our choices in life. And so we're going to look together at one of the greatest passages on choices found in our Bible. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 30. If you have a Bible, uh, please turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy is the fifth book in our Bible. And we're going to start reading at verse 11 of Deuteronomy 30, and then read section by section. So please follow along. You know, the Israelites had come out of Egypt about 40 years before this speech that Moses gives to them as he addresses all of the people of Israel. And as he did so, he reminded the people of God's laws and the constant protection that God had given them in the wilderness this entire time, all 40 years. Moses knew that he was going to die soon and that Joshua was going to be their new leader. So this was his last opportunity to address the entire company of Israelites before he died. And he challenged them to make a life or death choice out there in the wilderness that day. It's the same choice that we have to make every day. Same choice that we have to make every day of our lives, come to think of it. Every day we have to choose whether to worship God or maybe one of the other gods of this world. What did Moses say on that occasion that will help us to know how to make the best choice of our lives? Deuteronomy 30, verses 11 through 14. Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it? 
No, the Word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. The choice to follow God is not rocket science. Somehow a lot of people seem to get tripped up by it. God has made it easy for us to know Him. He has made the choice to follow Him plain and simple. We just have to humble ourselves and admit that we need God to teach us the right way to live. Verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. It's quite a picture Moses paints here. Quite a contrast, like holding black up against white or white up against black. On one side we have life. On the other side we have death. On one side we have prosperity or well-being. And on the other side we have destruction. The commands that were given the Israelites were simple. Love the Lord and walk in obedience to Him. Then they would live, increase, and be blessed by the Lord in various ways. Verse 17. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. After Moses showed what obedience looked like, then he outlined disobedience in similar fashion. Disobedience is when our hearts turn away from God in rebellion. Disobedience is being drawn away to other gods, whether it's worshiping other things or maybe other people. So what kinds of gods might anyone be drawn to? Well, in some countries, it's actually a god or goddess of wood or stone or metal. Might be a religious idol that promises them financial success or fame or pleasure or the avoidance of pain and suffering. This is what the fertility gods and goddesses promise falsely. That's because they were man-made gods whose very design was to please man's selfish desires and wants. Every generation of man has had his gods. Gods that tempt and seduce and ensnare foolish people. In our own day, what are the gods we might be drawn away to? Might be financial or material wealth. Or maybe good health and, and a strong athletic body or as close to that as we can get. Or maybe power or success or fame or popularity. Maybe the envy of other people or pleasure of any kind. Even meaning and satisfaction can become our gods. All of these can become gods to us if we take our eyes off the true God of the universe. Moses said that the result of such disobedience is plain. It's destruction. If not in this life, in the next and so he told the Israelites, who might choose disobedience, you will not live long in the land, promise your forefathers, if this is how you choose today. Verse 19, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. 
Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to His voice, and hold fast to Him. For the Lord is your life, and He will give you many years in the land He swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Here is Moses' summary and a very personal challenge to the people that he was leading for God. Now choose life, he said. Your choice is life or death. Your choice is blessings or curses. Now choose life, he said. Love the Lord your God. Listen to His voice and hold fast to Him, not to anything or anyone else. For the Lord is your life. The nation of Israel was favored by God so that they could be a model for the entire world of what it looks like when a nation or even a community lives as God's people. People living in sync with God and God's ways. And this is our calling as people of the new covenant as well. As the people of God, the church, we are to be a model of what it looks like to live in sync with God and God's ways. We are to be a model of love and kindness and sacrifice for others. We are called to join God in His mission to save the entire world one person at a time. So we have a choice to make too, don't we? Here in the middle of this pandemic, we have a choice to make. Will we choose life? Will we choose to live for ourselves or for God? Will we love and follow the one true God or will we choose to follow one of the false gods of this world? People who do not know God yet have no guidance from God. So they fall prey to all kinds of crazy things. They put their hope in the wrong things, their money or their possessions and pleasures and sensuality and popularity and power and even in other people. And that's why a crisis like this is so difficult for them. They spend a lifetime chasing after pipe dreams to find meaning and satisfaction. They follow a selfish, self-centered way of life, hoping it will make them happy. But it's a delusion. Hence the name, Pipe Dreams. The Apostle Paul wrote some very wise words to Timothy, a young preacher that he knew. He wrote in 1 Timothy 6, 17-19, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Paul encouraged Timothy to tell his people, take hold of the life that is truly life. Don't put your hope in riches. Don't put your hope in the here and now. Put your hope in God. Lay a good foundation for the future, for eternity. Take hold of the life that is truly life. Now choose life. You know, our life is not just daily life, physical life. The kind of life that the whole world is trying to keep safe right now. Massive amounts of money and energy are being spent to keep people from getting the virus and dying. 
And I'm not just talking about physical life and good health. I'm talking about a life that is truly life. I'm talking about life with God. Life as God wants it to be lived with Him. I'm talking about eternal life, which we can begin living today. Now choose life. If it was up to us alone, we would all fail. In fact, we already have. But here's the good news. In Jesus, we can all be saved. In Jesus, we can all choose life. C.S. Lewis said, There are just two kinds of people, those who say to God, Thy will be done, and those to whom God says, All right then, have it your way. Sadly, many people will suffer eternity without God because they choose to live without Him here on earth. We were made by God and for God. And until we figure that out, life isn't going to make much sense. Your life isn't an accident. You have an eternal destiny, but one that only you can choose. You will live forever in the presence or the absence of God, reaping the consequences of your choice here on earth. Now choose life. Jesus said the way that we must choose is a narrow way, a narrow gate. And then he said, I am the gate. <laughs> Jesus said that most people follow the broad path, the path that runs away from God to destruction. But we all have the opportunity through Jesus to choose the narrow way, the way to eternal life. Now choose life. Choose Jesus. I encountered a man on the road of life so sure of himself, so convinced he was right. He had his religion, but he didn't know God. And though he had eyes, I thought that rather odd. He could only see what he wanted to see. So blind to the truth that could set his soul free, the man charged ahead, unaware he was lost, until he encountered a man on a cross at a fork in the road, where the path became two. And the man who had always been sure of himself had to choose between broad and narrow, between left and right, between things he could see and things still out of sight. And I'm sure that the man would have gone the wrong path had he not encountered the Savior that day. But love rescued him. Truth set him free. Grace opened his eyes and he could finally see that the man on the cross made the difference. Now, choose life. Choose Jesus. So we take some time for prayer as we close the Word of God together today. I'd like to lead us in prayer. And as we do, I want to focus on the words of God in Isaiah 66, 2 where God says this, These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit, and who tremble at my word. Would you pray with me, please? Oh Lord, we humble ourselves before you today, seeking only your favor, seeking only for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray for each person listening to this prayer today, joining their heart with mine as we humbly seek you together. 
Father God, grant us peace. Peace in the storm. Peace in the struggle. Peace in the waiting game that we must endure. Lord, our hearts are broken for the people who have gotten sick and died and for their loved ones. And we ask You to bring this crisis to a speedy end and that You do so in a way that brings glory and honor to Your name. Our eyes are upon You, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all today.